Cord. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week, we're actually wrapping up our series uh, through Pentecost and about the Spirit. And we're going to learn a little bit about the Spirit as our teacher. But we also, we actually started our episode a little bit differently. We started with questions this week because we had a really, really intriguing question that we spent a little bit of time on, uh, which is, is the Spirit, does he still function the way he did in the Old Testament? These sign gifts. There's some churches that believe that he doesn't function that way anymore, that there aren't tongues and there aren't healings. And so we address that question in this episode. And we also address papal authority and uh, all of that sort of stuff. So we all all over the place here in this episode. Uh, So without any further ado, I'm not going to give you any more answers than that in the introduction. We're just going to have to listen. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Well, hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. I'm just barely even in the camera shot. I'm going to scoot over here oh, yeah. into our, my nice, cushy, into, into comfortable... A, into a non-live... Are we supposed to say that? Are we supposed to acknowledge that? No, we're supposed to pretend to be live this time. Oh, sorry. I actually have no idea. Yeah. We're not we, live. We don't actually have any rules. We're not live. I'm not even in the country right now. That's mind-blowing to me because you are right now. <laughs> But right now you aren't. Yeah. If a tree falls over in a woods and no one's around to hear it. If a podcast's recorded in a In room, advance, <laughs> but not published till later, is Alex even here? Uh, I, I'm in England. Well, I hope I'm in England. Uh, yeah. if, if I'm not, something went badly wrong with the plan. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's good to see you all. Thank you all for turning in. We are pre-recording this week because Alex is on vacation and... Uh, yeah, so we wanted Someone to still... Someone said to me on Sunday, you get vacation, you only work one day a week. Someone did say that? <laughs> a classic church joke. <laughs> That's right. I was like... Uh, <laughs> my smiley grumpy. By the way, how is golf in the rain? It cancelled. Really? Uh, yeah. oh, okay. I was driving out there, and I was actually driving to a... It was at Arrowhead, which is this beautiful course out. I've not played it, but I've seen pictures. It's out in Roxborough State Park. Okay. I'm, I'm driving out there looking at the weather, like wanting to keep driving because I really wanted to play at Arrowhead. And then also just be like, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. So I had the same experience on Sunday because we With had our disc first golf, disc yeah. golf circle uh, meetup on yeah. Sunday. Well, I looked at it. I was like, no. So it was at 3 p.m. And we should have just gone straight after church because we would have been fine. You would. But like literally I pulled up at like 2.50. 2.50. I'm sitting in the parking lot torrential downpour yeah. instantly so uh well, yeah, I, I both a, of our recreations were canceled i had a moral victory because i looked at the weather and it said it was going to be dry till four on sunday i thought i'm gonna i thought about like taking a doze because i've been up so early and and uh um and i was in vacation mode um and uh <laughs> then mowing the lawn which really needed mowed before i went and i was like i don't trust it so i went out and mowed and literally as i finished the heavens opened the thunder like boomed um, it was like god saying yeah. well done my good yeah. and faithful servant Absolutely. for mowing the lawn yeah. <laughs> uh, and then i tried to fix my irrigation system yesterday got into a fight with a sprinkler uh, or into oh yeah pipe, i forgot pipe, to mention the fact nice, that your face like, looks weird yeah nice <laughs> like chunk taken out my uh i don't know is that my eye i don't know where is it my eyebrow yeah and it's pretty painful yeah. yeah it looks like it was yeah i uh it was one of those ones that was painful, but you were like, oh my goodness, this could have been much worse if this had gone into my eye. Um, 
you know, and clearly your your reactions like move your eye out the way. That's what they do brilliantly. Like without even thinking about it, I like must have turned my head and just got it caught there. Yeah. I feel like a boxer. I start telling people I, I started boxing and it's a yeah the boxing gash. You should. But anyway, yes, I'm I'm now officially this is the last real thing I have to do, I think. Before. The last real yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So we're who knows what how Alex is gonna show up to this one. But we did finish out a series. We did. Which yeah. I think you did a pretty good job not not being totally checked out for that sermon. It was awesome. Yeah, I I I I you joked about it a bunch. Non checked outness, at least in terms of the preaching aspect. Yeah. And had a funeral to do on Saturday and you can't oh, check out of right. a funeral. That's right. So as much as I joked about being checked out, I think I was probably a little bit for like meetings. But in terms of my actual function, I actually felt like I stayed fairly checked in. Yeah, no, I think you did even good. In uh, and then and yeah, you just get this moment where you kind of like realize, wow, I've preached a lot in this last six months. Yeah. And I almost always take vacation mainly in the summer. This week, this year, because I had paternity leave, I, I, maybe I was away a, a little bit more but i i think i only didn't preach three weeks in six months um which was probably too much um but i got to the end i was like feel like i've preached like <laughs> six yeah six months yeah, in a row yeah it feels like that <laughs> yeah you know when you uh you just realize yeah i feel like I, I i this was the last week i had anything interesting to say for a while <laughs> <laughs> like I need to, I need to bottle like, it back up a little I really, bit. <laughs> I really need some refresh. Time. We joked before the sermon that he was going to go on stage and be like, you know what? In this series about the spirit, <laughs> I'm just sensing that we should sing some more songs. <laughs> like, I feel like we should pray. I think we should just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sing a bunch more worship songs, and then he was just going to pawn it off on me. But there were some people that would have loved that. But that's not what you did. Instead, did. what did you talk about? Well, we, we, we tracked through John 14. And as I said originally, I was going to kind of go verse by verse. I, don't, I didn't do that in the end because uh, I kind of picked out these three big chunks. Um, so I almost split the text into thirds and then asked, well, what was Jesus' big idea about the spirit in each of those three chunks? So this one was teacher. Yeah, or guide, or Sorry, helper, listen. or yeah, which, which... I keep thinking that maybe I'll get like bonus points with Alex for knowing what he preached about. Well, yeah. yeah. Be like me getting bonus points for knowing which songs you sung. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> I, I, yeah, so the, the big theme was Jesus says to his followers that the Spirit will bring back to memory the things that I've uh, taught you. Yeah. Or actually spoken to you, which, which, like, when you think about the concept <laughs> of teaching, does it require the information to pass? Exactly. You didn't have to <laughs> remind me. I didn't need the spirit to remind me what you taught. Unless you did. Uh, uh, but he's literally acknowledging. It's almost like he says, "You don't know what I'm talking about right, <laughs> yeah. right now." But, um, but one day you will. I um, see that look on your face. You have no clue. Yeah, they're all just like. <laughs> I'm. I'm literally going to need to send. A a whole nother person to yeah, like yeah, yeah, pick yeah. up the pieces Literally of my teaching. Literally in their minds, all they've got is, where's Judas? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> I've made no sense to you. I can see it on yeah, your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to send the spirit yeah, to be I've a better teacher. Talk to the level you've not been able to understand for three years. And one day you will. Um, and, and the beauty of it is that's what you're watching happen as John's writing down. Um, or whoever wrote John is writing down. This is the stuff Jesus said. Yeah. 
the spirit is working, the spirit is teaching, and, and lots of us have experienced that. And there's this beautiful, I think, you know, I almost tangented into a question that actually comes up a bit today. Oh, which yeah. is, isn't the Bible enough? Like, do we need that now we have the Bible? Which I think in some Christian circles has been the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that, I, that does bring it to our question. Yeah, which, I feel like we should just dive into it. We could since, just dive into the question, yeah. Or we which, could just allude to it um, like briefly well. and then not uh, and then not talk about it. And never get back it. to it. <laughs> <laughs> just build the tension and then be, come, yeah. come back in six months someone, to hear the Someone answer. called me out last week and said, you know, on your podcast last week, like you definitely talked a lot about like being comfortable. You didn't really talk much about the Holy Spirit at all. And I was like, huh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you did uh, in the message. I did in the message, yeah. But in the podcast, we actually didn't really. That's because I was involved, and I <laughs> I take the spiritual climate way down. <laughs> so, so there, there has been a, a certain like my my um, my family actually comes. My dad's side comes from this tradition. My grandfather was an elder in the Plymouth Brethren Church, um, and they have this really strong view that spiritual gifts ended. Um. Like so, so I don't think they'd ever go far. Sign gifts included? Yes. Or no, not or beyond the sign gifts. So even like the gift of helps. The so gift of that, teaching. that that they would call like the gifts of God the Father. I think. Oh wow! Okay. And I think there is some premise for that, like in Romans. I think you could argue that that's like, like yeah. Romans twelve. Or yeah, something. yeah. Romans twelve is 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 mm. okay. spiritual gifts as opposed to gifts of the spirit. Ah, okay. Um, and so some people would categorize them as gifts of God the Father, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me just read um, the question, and then yeah, that way the they know. Well, well, you've got and you've got to read our interpretation of the question as well. We have this <laughs> moment where we're like, is this two questions or four questions? Yeah, we actually both read this question wrong. I think Alex, in hindsight, read it correctly, <laughs> I and I don't know, know if I I I read it differently. So the question goes as so: What about the concept, idea, or thought of apostolic cessation? of the gifts. Some people, churches believe in that. Why do they believe in that? Where does that belief come from? And do they have a biblical basis for it? So when I read it, I glanced over it really quickly and I, th I thought it read, um, talk about the concept and idea of apostolic succession of gifts. Which is, a, well, apostolic succession is a thing. Yes. Apostolic succession, succession is a term um, for, that defines a specific thing. To add of the gifts was a little bit weird. Well, and then cessation of the gifts is a thing, but I've never heard the word apostolic Apost added to it. Yeah, so both so the, the phrase the, yeah. apostolic succession of the gifts or cessation of the gifts, both of them felt a little yeah, yeah, strange. We so like, we're not 100% we sure know, we're answering your and question. And we sometimes don't know that much. So you may, the question asker might just know more than we do. Uh, it's very likely. <laughs> like the way it's... <laughs> say likely <laughs> so, i wanted to throw possibly well well i have this hunch of who wrote this question okay and if it is who i think it is they might they might know better than we do <laughs> so, yeah i know but whatever it's fine um uh, we're not live we could edit out our stupidity no 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 no, no. that's part of the well, that's part of what makes the show endearing i know <laughs> i always joke about editing out and then i just leave all our jokes about editing it out in so i would understand and again this would be my understanding, which I'll, if, if I'm wrong in American terms, I'll just say it's the British way, um, which I've been doing for 10 years now and seems to work out fine every time. Yeah, whenever I don't know anything, uh, yeah, I grew yeah. up in Africa. Yeah, exactly. You grew up in get Africa. out of jail free card. So apostolic yeah. succession, obviously, is this idea that, that um, 
specifically in the Catholic Church, the the role of the Pope is a continuation of the apostolic calling. So you have the original 11 apostles, they add a 12th apostle. Paul calls himself an apostle, but but it's the idea that you know the 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 office of pope is called the seat of Peter. So it's like this this lineage that they believe they'll be able to track from Peter down to the current pope, not 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 biologically of course, but um but spiritually. Yes. So that's what I would understand by apostolic succession. Yes. Um so and there's say, a lot of yeah. there's a lot of good like if, if you study church history, there's a lot of really good logic behind yeah. that concept yeah. if you imagine again, this is pre canonization of scripture yeah and so they're just saying okay so the last apostle probably john dies Uh um and they're like oh no the 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 last person who literally sat under the teaching of jesus directly is gone who gets to decide between different theological debates well obviously the closest disciple to john Mm. should get to decide how theological issues are, are formed out. And then that person dies and they're like, well, the closest. And then, then it starts to become like, as the scriptures start to formulate and canonization formulates, it's like, okay, well, the person who is closest to the heritage of this thing, well, and, and obviously, the preservation when, of, when Peter, of these things. When Peter, the apostle dies, he's on some level, something like Bishop of Rome at the time. He's in Rome. He's the leader of the church in Rome. The, the, the church has already started to shift a little bit from Jerusalem towards Rome uh, in terms of where, like, Paul ends up in Rome, Peter ends up in Rome. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, as you move through the third century, Rome becomes the the centerpiece of the Western church, at least. Yeah. Um And so, like... Which is a whole nother fun Very story. much tied into that succession was not... There was no pope but there was the Bishop of Rome. So it moves through like the Bishop of Rome as the head of the church into this idea of the Pope as the head of the church. And, and it's this ability to speak with authority in the role of, of a Pope in the way that nobody else can in the Catholic church. Yeah. Which actually is a pretty late development in papacy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to have like this papal authority that's like, um, what's the, there's actually another term, but uh, that's beside the point. But yes, the point is who gets to say, yeah. It's, author- it's an authority question. Yeah, yeah. Apostolic succession is an authority thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so then cessation of the gifts, as I would understand it, and I guess you could tie this more directly into to it being the apostles. The, the question well, became do like... You, do you mind if we just tie that one up? I th- no, tie it up in a bow. In a you bow. So to answer it, if that's what you were asking, oh, yeah, yeah. some churches believe that. So predominantly the Catholic Church... Mm-hmm. Uh, still holds to apostolic succession. Um, and of course, and for a while, there were two popes or, or something similar. There was actually a couple. Yeah. There was maybe a moment where there was potentially three. Huh. You've done church history more recently. recently so tell yeah. us so, about the three popes. Well, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, it starts to get, nationalism starts getting wired yeah. in there. And then like the the seat of power is like deposited in multiple cities, but they disagree with each other and they're yeah. both excommunicating each other. So it gets a little hairy, but that's yeah. beside the point. Uh, the The point is once, it, originally it was like a group of people that would appoint the Pope. Um, and then there was a season where the King would appoint the Pope. Yeah. And then there's seasons where, um, yeah. So anyway. Well, and when, uh, well the Emperor would appoint, the, the Holy yes. Roman Emperor. Yes, the Holy so Roman like Emperor. So like Barbarossa, Bar- 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 not Barbarossa. Um, man, what's his name? Begins with B A R. Yep. 
Bob Rose is the pirate in Pirates yep. of the Caribbean. I can't recall. It's like completely. Uh, completely I can picture different. a map where he worked. Anyway, yeah, so where he worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know where he went <laughs> to work Didn't he every work day. For Lockheed Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the the um, point is, so that church is. They believe that there is this <laughs> apostles' teaching that's been passed down. We are butchering church history. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> it is a hard thing not to butcher. Let's be honest, because it is many, 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 many years. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so that does that tie it in a neat little. But so box? no. So the, <laughs> I keep getting interrupted. Every time this. I say something stupid, you cut me off. It's weird. <laughs> this, is such Shockingly. A, this is such a vacation podcast. It is. Um, yeah. When I say bad things, you stop me. It's weird. <laughs> I can't get any momentum in my stupidity. Um, so <laughs> this is all because you're going on vacation as well. I, this is all, it's a mess. Um, so when the, when the reformation took place, that was one of the biggest issues yeah. um, that, uh, took place in the Reformation is there the, the reformers basically said we can't continue with this thing where one person has this much mm -hmm. power and can just yeah. like carte blanche say whatever the heck they mm -hmm. want and it becomes sacred law. Yeah. Um, and so they shifted off of the authority of papal authority or apostolic succession to the scriptures and canonization as mm -hmm. being the source of authority. But that, that took by, that actually took place really late in church history, considering the time frame. It was Barbarossa. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well, who's the pirate then? Maybe they just got the same name. I had to get it from somewhere, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Frederick Barbarossa was one of the Holy Roman emperors. Um, but there were many in the end. Charlemagne. So, um, there's tied up. That's how okay, there's I two like different it. beliefs about apostolic yeah, succession. Yeah, yeah. So, so cessation of the gifts. Yes. Um, is this idea that at some point the church would get to a, a point where the gifts would, would stop. And that was intentional. Um, mm -hmm. Like that, that was built into the way it was supposed to work. So actually there's, and, and you might be able to dig up the scripture. Um, Paul says, for now, for the time being, we see darkly. Yep. For First Corinthians thirteen, I already had it pulled up here because of the question, and we have. But when perfection comes. Yeah. For now, we see it only in reflections, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now, in I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. But it's actually the section above that. Okay. Um, yeah. Love never fails, but where there is prophecies, they will cease. Yeah. Where there is tongues they will be stilled uh -huh. where there is knowledge. It will pass away for we know in part and prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes, yeah. um, what is in part disappears. And yeah. so their thesis is that the completeness is the canon. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the biggest text for yes. cessation of yeah. the gifts. Yeah. We, which, which is one of those things that like, I understand the position. I categorically disagree with it. It's, it's one of the few things, there's very few things I disagree with as much as I disagree with that. Um, ah. And that's probably some family like history of like my, my grandfather grew up in this church or, or was an elder in this church. She was an elder in the Plymouth Brethren Church, which is very much a cessationalist church. Um, my uncle went and asked about uh, like speaking in tongues and the gifts of the spirit. And one of the other elders said to him, if you bring any of that speaking in tongue stuff here, I'm going to throw you through that store window opposite. 
Um, like, I mean, it was like that, like, like angry about it. Like it just, and to be fair, they'd seen the question of the gifts really tear some other churches apart. Yeah. You know, been really divisive. Um, so I kind of get like, there was a, the context there that I can't appreciate. Yeah, it's um, hard to be a, a cessationist and grow up in an African mission field. I, yes, I would guess. <laughs> when you have like so, yeah, yeah. public manifestations <laughs> of demons and like casting out of yeah. spirits and stuff, you yes. know, you get a little bit more comfortable with the reality of yeah. like the supernatural world. And that that that, that was interesting because I, as I was reading, um, I'm trying to think. I was reading that passage in Acts, uh, maybe Acts chapter eight, where it says that the all the apostles were scattered. Uh, and Philip preached the gospel in this town and demons shrieked and came out of people and lame people walked and all those different things. And, and as I was reading it on stage, I was like, wow, like how does this touch some of our modern sensibilities? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we, we're actually even healing. We could be like, okay, I can get aboard with that. But, but like demon possession, like are yeah. we all st- really still talking about those kind of things. Fascinatingly in his, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, uh, C.S. Lewis kind of a- apologetically argues that that Satan in each generation will either try to turn people into materialists or magicians. Yeah. Um, and and like it feels like in this day and age, like we're almost like demons, really. We're still believing in those kind of things. Like that's what like am I supposed to picture like little red guy with horns and a and a yeah. pitchfork? Um, and of course the, 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 the assumption is, well, if you can't believe in that, then like the pitchfork, you can't believe in a, a any, satanic figure at all. Yeah. Um, and yet any of us that have spent any time in countries in the developing mm-hmm. world would say, oh yes, all the time. Like that spiritual war is very alive. Yeah, totally. And visible. Like here it's alive and not visible. Yeah, so out of an attempt to not make a straw man out of our yes, stance, because yeah, yeah, we yeah, agree so, yeah, I have we're not cessationist yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, and neither South, obviously. Otherwise, the elders would have shut us down <laughs> way long ago. Um, we don't uh, think you two should be here. Yeah, the, like, this is getting really confusing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it is a, it is a teaching that has um, especially, it has quite a bit of favor in maybe over the last hundred years in the American church. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's some of the logic behind it uh, so that we, I do my best to not like paint it out to be just ridiculous. We'll try and give it some logic and then we can. I only painted out to be ridiculous unintentionally if I did. No, I know. I'm just saying like, it's super easy for us to try and go there. So, but here's the logic. That text is the biggest one. Yeah. But like teachers, like um, a lot of people know John MacArthur Mm -hmm. and they know him because he has written one of the largest, you know, commentary series out there. So he's a cessationist. Mm -hmm. And so um, his teaching and the accessibility of his commentary series is one of the reasons why it became in favor for a a lot of period Mm -hmm. of time. Uh, big church, lots of influence, uh, huge accessible commentary series that seemed accessible to the masses for a lot of, a lot of years. So very strong cessationist. And the logic is it, it, it gets a little scary when you, when you open yourself up to the spirit Mm -hmm. being able to interact because it's again, oh, maybe back to our previous question. It's a question of authority. Yeah. So who gets to decide what's right or wrong? And so when, the Protestant Reformation took place and the 
Protestants said, hey, 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 only the scriptures, sola scriptura, that's our final answer for um, what gets authority. And then the next logical step is, therefore, the spirit can't get too much say, otherwise he might say something new mm -hmm. or do something new, and that's freaky. So let's make preserve the scripture at a really, really high level so that it's the only voice that we have from so, God. And that was really interesting for me. Okay. Because so really early in the, like so early that you might almost argue that like from the beginning, there's Protestants that push into this solar scripture idea. Yeah. Um, which isn't something necessarily that like in the moment of, of the, the, the confessions been, nailed to the Wittenberg Cathedral door that like, they're like sola scriptura. Yeah. Um, almost immediately there's this emphasis of sola scriptura and then prima scriptura. Yep. And prima scriptura obviously becomes very much a... We uh, should probably define these. Yeah, yeah. So sola scriptura is like scripture alone. Yep. Prima scriptura is scripture first, supported by reason, supported by the spirit, supported by... The fact wisdom. that you can read, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Did yeah, I just yeah. show my cards? <laughs> yeah, tra so, so, yeah, tra tradition, yeah. tradition, wisdom, and the spirit. Yep. Like the, those three come alongside and they support scripture. Yep. Um. So the, the the like the Wesleyan tradition, which I grew up in, very much a prima scriptura tradition. Totally. Um. So so when I moved to America and like started to catch hold of like started working in a Presbyterian church and we did a 500 series on the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And one of the ideas was to preach on the solace. Uh, and when it came to solar scripture, I was like, I don't believe that. I never believed that. Like I, I just not what I grew up with. Um, yeah. and, and so finding that like specific nuance here, uh, almost as like, if you don't believe scripture, solar scripture, you're, you're almost a heretic. Yeah. Um, was quite interesting to me. Yeah. And I, it is really comes back to this question and this fear around authority, like who gets to say, and, mm -hmm. the, and those who would hold to sola scriptura say it's only the scriptures and, um, and fair, fair enough. Like, okay, I see that. But even that gets really ridiculously complicated because oh, then you yeah. have people mi misinterpreting or maybe correctly interpreting the scriptures left and right. There's denominations who all are citing chapter and verse. And so even just, even if you have sola scriptura, it's a hot mess when yeah. it comes to authority. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think it's actually a safer bet to say God is so sovereign that he has the wisdom and strength to give us his truth through um, prima scriptura mm. and then the the nurturing the teaching of the spirit which your text talked about and um tradition and wisdom and logic and mm -hmm. philosophy and science these different elements that god has given humanity to interact with his world um and god's sovereign enough to communicate to his people through these yeah. means and none of them are going to contradict scripture no yeah um but they are this multifaceted way that he communicates. And the scriptures kind of hint to that mm -hmm. in Romans chapter one, in mm -hmm. um, this text that you're talking about here, yeah. spirit is teacher. He's yeah. going to bring back and reflect in all of these different things. So yeah, which, which again, like the, the cessationalist wing of the church or grouping within the church would say, yes, Jesus said this would happen. And now it has happened. And that's why we have scripture. 
Yes. And so when that which is perfect is come. So the theory also behind cessationism is that the only reason those signs gifts existed was to confirm that the voices who um, operated with sign gifts were stamped yeah. with the spirit of God as voices for mm. God. So the reason they could speak in tongues was so that we knew that they were an authorized yeah. Writer yeah. of scripture, and that, that the reason with they the could age heal. of apostles closing, that age closed as well. Yeah, so the canon opens, the apost apostolic thing closed, and we're moving on. So yeah, that's the logic behind what they, and that's not where South is. Um, obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, as we ask you to pray and ask the spirit for which him to sing, <laughs> or um, none of that would be compatible with a cessationist sort of, yeah, um, leaning. Yeah, Maybe that's fair. Yeah. Do you feel so, like we so, covered so, it? I, I do. Feel Let like us know if we answered your question. <laughs> Ask us a question about your question. If we didn't answer your question. Um, I, uh, so I, I thought about like pursuing that line and then decided, well, no, it's going to, it's going to detract from the practical element of why, why is it that a lot of us would say we find it hard to be led by the spirit in day-to-day -day life. Um, like in terms of guiding, like we, we feel almost, you know, maybe a little stuck at times. Um, now, now I, so I, 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 I think I would say I made Jesus statement fairly broad and I think it can legitimately be read as fairly broad, but he says he will teach you all things, uh, and bring back to memory those things I've already taught you. So mm -hmm. like, what does he mean by teach you all things? Like how broad do you want to make that? Um, I've been trying to learn how to make pizza dough from scratch. Exactly. Is that, is that something Jesus is interested <laughs> is that in? The spirit. Um, is he spirit. interested in guiding you into the right job to the right marriage? Um, mm -hmm. like, is he interested in guiding you well in operating healthily in the job you're in? Is he interested in teaching you how to operate well in the marriage that you're in? Yeah. Like what, what, what does it mean for him to, so I, I just took broadly this idea that, that certainly paraclete can mean helper. Um, he gives this picture of someone who's going to stand alongside you. Um, but if you picture the spirit standing alongside you, I, I think there's a lot of followers of Jesus I've met that would say, I struggle with that. Like I struggle to get value out of that. Um, and even my prayer life is often directed elsewhere. Um, almost like missing out on the beautiful gift of the spirit as a companion mm. to do things alongside. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to press into more like the question of, well, why, why do we miss that? And and I kind of split that into two groups. Like one is that we don't need the help possibly because we think we've got it all covered, which maybe nudges us back to the week before, which is maybe we're just, a if we think we've got it all covered, maybe life's a little too comfortable. Mm. Um, but also maybe just no one's ever told us that this is the, the way it's supposed to work. Like we've just missed that in Christianity 101. Um, yeah. You know, that, that. And it's a, it's just a very different mode of being. It to, is. To, to learn to like from infancy, we're, we're creating neural pathways around interacting with a physical world mm. and a human world. Yeah. And so to then try and develop neural pathways slash soul pathways that helps us interact with the spiritual world is like, 
like brand new. Absolutely. We're like toddlers. Yeah, like yeah absolutely. Diapers, yeah, toddlers, and, barely know, able to move. Clark Pinnock, the, the church historian, said that really the, the church has relegated the Holy Spirit to like a single line in, in a couple of creeds. Um, you know, huh. that, that is quite, quite evident, he would say. And it's fascinating, even like, so the Nicene Creed we have on our wall, um, and it says something like close to verbatim, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the father and from the son. And now the Eastern church Nicene Creed actually doesn't have the son clause. Um, like it just says, we believe in the father, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the father. Mm. Um, and even the way we word it in the Western church almost seems re to relegate the spirit to like bronze metal. Um, it's mm. almost like, yeah, he proceeds from the father and the son. He's, they tell him what to do and he comes and, and, and I think that like, even if we don't, we, we wouldn't theologize that way or articulate it that way. I feel like that's probably how a lot of us live. If we're honest, he's like the pizza delivery guy. A, a little bit. God. Yeah. 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 Um, we just don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I've used the illustration before. It's kind of like the, the, the family relative you want to invite to the, you have to invite to the wedding, but you kind of hope that you can put them over in the corner somewhere. And then it really impact too much of what goes on because they, they tend to. So why, why do you think that is? Why, why do we struggle I think with it's interacting the with thing. Like, I think it's just so like we picture a father. What do we picture? We all have the same image. Like almost all of us, if we ask to picture God the Father, see a white beard and something like Gandalf. Um, hmm. like, like that, that like, unless you consciously change the image, if you're around church as a child, that's probably what you got. Um, hmm. you know, and, and then we have a distinct picture of Jesus as a Middle Eastern human being. Now, now maybe in the last 30 or 40 years, we've got more comfortable with the specifically Middle Easternness of Jesus. Yeah. A lot of pictures I saw of Jesus, uh, growing up looked suspiciously English. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fun looking at art out of like Africa and Jesus is always black. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Which, which makes which, sense. Right. Which but, he's, but, which he's probably closer to. Yeah, let's exactly. be honest. Like, yeah. So, um, um, you know, I love the way that, um, William, uh, William Young deals with that in the, the shack. He has this character conversing with Jesus and the character's like, yeah, I kind of expected you to be better looking. Uh, Jesus is like, it's the nose, isn't it? Like, <laughs> well, my mom, my mom's dad had a big nose. <laughs> it's like, there's some humor to it, but, um, so, so we've got concrete pictures. Yeah. We're just not very good at holding like a sense of, um, of who is the spirit visually, unless it's a dove or fire. And it's to go back to C.S. Lewis screw tape letters. Like one of the things he observes is that the tendency for lots of followers of Jesus in prayer is to believe that they're supposed to hold an image of God in their mind when they pray mm. and that they should devote a lot of time and attention to perfecting that image. Um, like they should be trying to, to imagine image God correctly. Interesting. And it's a complete fallacy. There's no sense of that in scripture. Yeah. Um, but, but that's somewhere he's like, like if yeah. I, and, and we, you think about that, that's normal, right? I picture like a conversation with my wife. I picture her sitting in front of me and I picture that conversation. Um, 
So, so we do that with human beings all the time. And if we're asked to imagine a conversation with someone we don't know, that's harder. So one of the things that uh, helped me the most when it came to the spirit is to realize some of the words that the scriptures use to describe spirit are, I think they're brilliant and uh, way more insightful than I originally expected. Mm. So wind, yeah, breath, yeah. Um, fire, oil, water, these are all like terms that, that, that are used by mostly the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, to describe the spirit. And then some of those are adopted in the new. But the idea in the Hebrew mind of this, of this wind mm. or breath or life even is it's this animating force. Mm. So like yeah, you think an ancient, great. this, if you're an ancient person, you're walking around, you see the wind blowing through the trees and you're like, the trees are moving mm. and I don't see anything yeah. pushing on those trees. And so that thing is called wind. Yeah. And then we're moving and there's nothing pushing me around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So probably the same thing that moves the wind or moves the trees moves me. Mm -hmm. That's also spirit mm -hmm. or wind. Mm -hmm. And I don't I actually think that scientifically, maybe they're way closer than we are. Like yeah. we want to like yeah, yeah. boil it down to a bunch of other things. And, but then meanwhile, the, the author of Hebrews says that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think the spirit is what gives life and movement, literal physical movement to everything in the universe. It's mm. like, huh, okay. Yes, that doesn't help me with like a facial feature, mm -hmm. but it's one of the most real things I interact with every day. Yes. I'm moving right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. something spirit about yeah, the fact that I can move. Yeah, I think is such a good uh, language for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. So yeah, wanting wanting people to catch a hold of like that. Maybe no one's ever told them that that's there is this animating energy that's supposed to animate your spiritual journey, and that's where the the image of which I've used so many times, and it's always just feels like it clicks for people, like the rowing boat versus the the sailboat. Yeah, like what does Christian life feel like? Um, and I can be a bit of a rower at times, like I feel it in my own soul. Um, mm -hmm. And, and me, inviting me people to like open the sails and let that an animating energy move them. Um, and, and then like this third piece of, um, I also wonder whether there's a whole bunch of us that feel like we don't deserve that kind of companionship. Yeah. Because we, we were kind of told like, get the temple ready for the spirit. And, and most of us don't feel very ready. Uh, totally. So, so I, if I could go back to your illustration momentarily, because I think, I don't know if you consciously connected these dots, but you said something different with this illustration than I'd heard the previous time you used the illustration. Uh, you pointed out that you're like, I don't know much about sailing. Maybe it's really hard work, but the power is still not in the boat. Yeah. I was like, that's actually, for someone who does have inclinations to maybe work Sailing? too hard or, <laughs> yeah. no, or whatever. There's this tension of like, does God want me to be lazy? Uh -huh. Is that surrender to the spirit? Yeah, yeah. Does he want me to sit in my office and have my hands open and my Bible in front mm -hmm. of me and be like, Oh, like transform me from the inside mm -hmm. out. He's like, how about you get up and like, say something nice to somebody? Yeah. 
Um, Aaron does I, regularly say nice stuff to people I, in the office, just so we're clear. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, it's this people wrestling. People are picturing you like Ron Swansoning in your office, like, <laughs> Ron Swanson's my hero. I want to be Ron Swanson. No. Um, anyway, I, you know what I mean? Like, yes, this definitely. tension between effort, yeah, yeah. and Dallas Willard talks about oh, this. Oh, such a brilliant but, quote. Um, he, yeah, he says that grace is opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort. Yeah. So well written. You're like, great, but your illustration brought it home for me. Yeah. Like sailing is tremendous, especially yeah, sailing on the yeah. open seas yeah. is like a ton of work, but all the power, yeah. the actual yes. power is yeah, not in the your boat. Your whole goal is to open and close the right sails to move the boat in the right direction at the oh. right speed. Um, See, I love that, like that, that yeah. the illustration came alive to me in yeah, a new yeah. way when you said that just in passing. Mm. Um, but a lot of us are like, you know, I, yeah, we're, we're rowers and not even very good rowers. There's this great, like, if you've ever read Wind in the Willows, to the character Toad is always getting into different hobbies and fads. And one of them is rowing. And so like right at the start, he's like rowing away, like loads of energy, uh, loads of effort, but no real speed or direction. Yeah. Like wobbling all over the place and like eventually falls into the river, like, that that's totally how I can imagine myself spiritually at times. I'm like, there's a lot of movement, but none of it's particularly efficiently moving anything down the river. Yeah. Um, so I took up swimming for a while. Uh -huh. And one of the things I loved was about swimming is like, I hate doing cardio, not because I hate cardio itself. Yeah. Actually, I kind of get a, a uh, you know, that cardio high mm -hmm. from it. I'm just bored out of my mind. Like, even running outdoors yeah. is like, oh, like, yeah. I'm okay. I'm 15 minutes in and I'm so bored. Mm -hmm. I'm just done with this activity. But what I loved about swimming was I got in the, the water one time and I, and I started swimming and I, I'm just trying not to die. Like uh. you're, you're working out whilst not breathing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. objective one is like exert energy and not drowned. And so that took so much energy trying to figure out efficiency of motion that I I looked up and I'd been swimming for 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Because I'd been just trying to unlock the code mm. of like, I'm like, I feel like I'm flailing here. And I'm actually a pretty good swimmer, but I still felt like I'm barely. Huh. And so it took enough mental energy. Yeah. It distracted me from the clock. And so, well, but then as I started getting better, I lost interest because I found that efficiency totally, of motion. Yeah. I'm exactly, and I used to swim in high school. And so I'm totally bored swimming. I'm like, I know exactly how to swim and I don't have to think about it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you can't even listen to a podcast while you swim. Um, yep. Like at least running and I hate running with a passion. Uh, that's the thing. That's why I love rowing. Cause I'm like, just, you know, actual rowing. You're like, yeah. yes, you can do these things together at the same time. Um, but it, it's related to this subject because it's sort of like this efficiency of mode mm -hmm. motion, like great athletes or yeah. great rowers, or even like, yeah. I know it's breaking the illustration down a little bit. It's, it's this effortless fluidity yeah, yeah. that actually makes you faster. It's because you're getting the rhythms right or yeah. in, the, in the, and that, but that, that like, I mean, that, that extrapolates to so many different things. Like, like. If you've ever seen the movie, I think it's Margin Call. Uh, Jeremy Irons has this great character where he's like, he's, he's, and this is like not the spiritual world. This is the banking world. Uh, and he's talking to his board uh, and he said, oh, this emergency meeting is called. And he said, do you know why I am here? Like a CEO of this company, my job isn't to be the smartest person in the room. 
Mm. It's not to know all of the things that you guys know. It's simply to listen and say, like, where is the wind blowing? Mm. Or where is the music going to be playing? Yeah. And like right now, I hear silence. Like it's all going to hell. Um, and, and like it's such a brilliant picture of the main role of an organizational lead, if you can capture the space to do it. But, but it's, again, a great picture of like listening in life. It's like the, the, because sailing requires that sense of like, wh where's the wind? Where is the wind? Um, like, you know, that, that, like, there's a, there's a, there's a brilliant moment in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings where, you know, one of the final battles, everything's going against the good guys. And like, suddenly someone looks up and says, like, the winds have changed. Um, and it's this first glimmer that they get mm. that the tide of the battle's about to change. Um, and like, the, the, so, so when you think about that sailing illustration and how, it requires knowing if the winds changed and when the winds changed. Like you have to know where that power that operates, that animate that animating energy is moving. Uh, and if you don't respond to it, what you will you end up in a mess. Yeah. Like you can't sail without knowing that where the wind is going. You can keep rowing, but you can't sail. And, and so, like I think that, like to me, is like that's the goal in life. Yeah. To say, spirit, where are you? Where are you? Spirit, where are you spiriting? Um, to kind of like use the, the mix the verb. wind. Yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, that's, that's the goal. And that's what people, that's what, and the beautiful thing is that's not what you and I are invited to as church leaders. We are, but not because we're leading a church. We're invited to it because we're following Jesus. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I, I tried to, I don't think I said it very elegantly in, in the, the first service. Cause in the first service, I think I said like, it's not just important people like me on stage. <laughs> I didn't use the word. <laughs> I didn't use the word important, but I had this moment where I'm like, is this how this like like it's for the like, ordinary folk too? <laughs> oh gosh, the proletariat can do this. Oh gosh. <laughs> you're like, I will be turning in my resignation. Yeah, yeah, I'm like abort, 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 abort. Like, so, yeah. so, but I did try to like clarify, oh, like, no, like, there's an office to standing up on stage, uh, and and the 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 worst part of that almost is that when someone comes who's not a faith person sees someone on stage, they're like, well, of course they do these things. Like, yeah. of course they sail and listen to the, the, where the, the wind is blowing. Um, but, but people like me don't do that. And, and trying to emphasize, no, no, like I'm doing an office now. The moment I step up on stage, and, and in reality, while I'm on it as well, I'm exactly like everybody else. Um, yeah, with the same things. And to there's so much the evidence throughout church history that just because you have a platform, it doesn't mean anything about really. No, it actually, like, it's, the, yeah, it's almost if anything, it would be like the it's kind of a recipe for disaster. <laughs> like I had a preaching professor tell me once, like there's this proverb that says, "Where there are many words, there is sin." <laughs> and he goes, "So you want to be a preacher, huh? Yeah, you'll sin. Yeah." Totally, yep. yeah. yeah. You're going to talk a lot. Therefore you will sin. Yeah. Just be ready for it. Establish a posture of humility. You yeah. will sin. Yeah. You'll sin and you'll sin in the pulpit. Yeah. Totally. And I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Career choices. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go into banking. <laughs> There's no sin in that room. <laughs> oh, no, um, never. <laughs> how long did we talk for? Is I don't even know. I, I don't know when, when we, we started. started. I feel like it was. We about, should probably wrap it up. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah.
for a few weeks as well. Watch this is like the the longest episode ever. I love um, it. Yeah. yeah. And because we don't know when we hit record. Yeah. And my I have this counter on a recorder. But you can't read it. Well, no, I can read it. It says 23 colon 22 colon 23. So we might have been talking for 23 hours. <laughs> that's a bad sign. I don't think that that's what it means. I think it's like, is it counting down? No, it's counting up. Oh. So, uh, bye everyone. Like, I don't know what, how do we, Yeah. anything yeah. else you well, want to say before? I'm for like three weeks anyway. So, like, see yes. So, so next we week yeah. we're going to cancel the episode because no, both no. of us are out yeah. of town. Yeah, yeah. I probably will just publish a little reminder for those who are, uh, don't catch this note from the from the mountains or wherever you are. Though. I might Woodlands. pre-record it. Oh, okay, we'll see. But we'll publish something just to to say we'll see you the following week. And the following week, um, we will be talking about our new series yeah. called Ordinary Time. But I won't be. You will be. Yes, I'll be here, and I will find a guest. <laughs> and hopefully, we can I'll have drag just as in. much fun and nonsense as just, we have. Yeah, seems unlikely. Uh, yeah, same. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I, we should do Zoom meet. No, we should not because that would be invading your vacation time. <laughs> yeah. But I'd love what, to see Alex, like beach that? Alex. <laughs> yeah. Like it'd be so fun. Well, it would see. also be if we recorded at the normal time, it would be, um, I don't know, six o'clock in the evening. Oh, it'd still be light. Yeah. 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 I, I might get some frowny faces. Oh, you're, you're, from my wife. Uh, see how kind this guy is. He's assuming he's going to adjust his clock. Normal time for you. Yeah. Okay. So then for you, it would be four o'clock in the morning, which for you is actually pretty doable. Eh, uh, for a normal human, it's once probably a week. Not. <laughs> I, I do 4 a.m. once a week. I love that they said we're All wrapping right. up because we've overrun and now we're just chattering about nonsense. Well, I don't even know if we have. Maybe we've only been talking we 10 recording? minutes. We don't even know. Um, um, oh, I can just hit stop recording because I'm not live streaming. So. You're watching all this unfold. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in and goodbye. Goodbye. Well, thanks again for listening. And we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.